Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Spotlight on Maryland. It's Gina Crash, your host for the next half hour or so, and I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest this morning. It's Leah Paley. She is the CEO of the Anne Arundel County Food Bank. Hi, Leah. How you doing? I'm doing great, Gina. How are you? I'm so excited now um, to catch up with you with your new position and your new organization because people might recognize your name from your years of service to LARS, Laurel Advocacy Referral Services, Inc., and... Uh, and now you've got this new job. Went and you sent me. You're so proactive. You sent me an email. You're like, "Hey, Gina," because we had Lars on with Austin Todd, our other host. And uh, you're like, "Hey, I'd love to come in and talk about what you're doing now." So, how long have you been with the Anne Arundel County Food Bank now? Yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for, for writing back. I've been with the food bank for just over a year. I started with the Anne Arundel County Food Bank at the end of September 2021. Oh wow! So it's it's been over a year. Uh huh. Oh my gosh, time is flying. So if people aren't as familiar with the Anne Arundel County Food Bank as maybe maybe others that we've had on, tell us a little bit about what you do and when you were established, kind of like the uh, the history lesson, if you will, to get us all up to speed here. Oh yeah, so the Anne Arundel County Food Bank has been around for a while. In fact, they got up and running in 1986, officially incorporated in 89. So we're heading into our official 33 year of service, or we are in it actually. And what we do, we do a lot. We are a countywide food bank, and we are dedicated to serving the people of Anne Arundel County who are facing food insecurity. We obtain nourishing food through food drives, partnerships with the government, corporations, nonprofits, and we distribute that food using our network of over 80 agency partners who are spread out across the county, and they work uh, directly with the individuals in the community to get the food and other essential supplies to them. Wow, that sounds like a lot of organizational skills. It sure is. You know, the mission's simple, address food insecurity, but the logistics are clearly complex and challenging, especially as the needs of our community has, has changed and grown over the years. Yeah. So how do you see that uh, with, you know, everyone's talking about food costing so much more. I just bought, you know, almond milk yesterday. It was like almost five bucks, you know, so you know that those prices are going up. So how is the need right now? Where are we at? Have you, are you seeing an increased need or have, has, and when did that start? Was that with the pandemic or is it even greater numbers now? Yeah. So at the height of the pandemic, our member agencies were assisting five times the number of households each month than they were prior to the pandemic. We were uh, averaging around 5,600 households a month, and that was before the pandemic, and it went up to 34,000 households per month. Uh, that was at the height of the pandemic. And um, more recently, the number has come down, but it's 
still significantly greater than pre-pandemic. We're looking at just over 11,500 households in September 2022. Wow. And and how ex- exactly do you do what you do? Like, how do you do you operate such a huge um, group of people that you're serving that continues to grow? So how we do what we do is is very complex and takes a lot of coordination from our team, the logistics of coordinating deliveries uh, to our member agencies, pickups from our member agencies at our distribution hub in Crownsville, coordinating the receipt of the dozens of food drives that are being coordinated on our behalf across every single month. We also have a relationship with a number of retail establishments through the Retail Rescue Program by way of our connection with Feeding America. So throughout the week, our uh, drivers are going to these different establishments and picking up food and non-food items from, you know, might be the local giant or, or Target and bringing them back. We accept and um, inventory all items, sort them, and then get them ready to go back out. And that's in addition to purchasing roughly over, you know, $1.5, $1.6 million worth of product each and every every month, and um, that really just scratches the surface and surface in terms of what we do. Gosh, it really does. It goes from like little, you know, people getting a food drive together locally to those big partners. It really runs the gamut, and that all goes to the same place, helping, you know, feed the uh, the food insecure and the hungry. And that being said, you hear those words bounced around a lot. What is the distinction between food insecurity and hunger? So food insecurity is a household level economic and social condition, and it reflects the household's access or lack thereof to adequate food, whereas hunger is an individual level physiological and psychological condition, and that reflects whether an individual has had enough food to suit their needs at a given time. So, in fact, food insecurity often causes hunger. And sometimes those those words are used interchangeably, but they do, in fact, have their own distinct definition. Yes, they do. And I didn't realize that. And now we do. I think we're all learning something for sure. And what are some of the effects on a person who is food insecure and facing hunger? Well, I think you know, it's really easy for all of us to to think about, gee, you know, I'm hungry. I'm Maybe I'm getting a little hangry. My stomach hurts. I'm feeling a little faint. And, and of course, that's that's hunger, but it really goes beyond just that that um, more basic uh, level of, of, of feeling. And so our bodies and minds are extremely negatively impacted by food insecurity and, and hunger. And some of the critical effects include worrying about where your next meal is coming from. And so many individuals who are experiencing food insecurity have a higher propensity to mental health challenges like depression, anxiety, and this can be really stressful to not have consistent access to nourishing food. For, for children in the school, uh, your, their concentration can be negatively affected. I think we can all remember a time where you, know, you were sitting there hungry and um, all you could think about is, is that and you're not able to concentrate. And, and other behavioral issues that can result in can include irritability, hyperactivity, and, and even aggression and chronic hunger can, can lead to developmental delays. So there are some significant uh, challenges that individuals face. And there's also a strong link between hunger and chronic diseases like high blood pressure, diabetes, and, and even heart disease. Right. So the access to food and also to healthy food um, maybe 
is also another thing to think about, too. And so we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. Are you seeing those numbers change at your at your food pantries themselves? Um, is the need declining? And then again, we're in the you know, we just celebrated Thanksgiving. Hopefully everyone had what they needed to do that. Um, but that's a good thing to bring up, too, is this time of year. How did how did the Anne Arundel County Food Bank help make sure people had a Thanksgiving? And um, is the need declining or increasing, would you say? Yeah. So um, when we look at the first quarter of the year that we are in, so we're looking at July through September of 2022, we saw that uh, need at, at the individual level at our pantries go up over 30% over where we were last year. So on average, we're serving um just about 39,000 individuals. And what's really interesting is that we've seen a shift in the number of households. So um, in June, from the, the end of the last fiscal year, we had just over 39,000 individuals from 10,000 households. When we looked at the year prior, the number of individuals was, was less um, but the households were more. So we're seeing that shift and, and we speculate a lot of people are doubling up. There's multi-generational households. Um, and, and so that, that is a bit misleading when you look just at the households alone from the last fiscal year to this year. So it has, it has gone up and just overall the need. And, and when we talk about the Thanksgiving season and, and going into the holidays in December, the need has shot up. Um, last year, we had about 2,000 requests for holiday protein items and, and all of the fixings um, for Thanksgiving. And, and this year, we had requests for over 4,000 of those items. And we just were not expecting that. So it definitely took, took, us, took us back and took us a bit by surprise. But it is very much in line with the fact that the need is up and, and of course, inflation is impacting um, all of us, yeah. but especially our food insecure neighbors. Mm-hmm. And a combination of that and you still hear the the words uh, supply chain, too, because with turkeys, for instance, they were saying there was a they were going to be more, they were going to be smaller or bigger. You know, like just the access mm-hmm. to things seems to be to be harder. And some people have, you know, you know like turkey drives or turkey drops or, um, you know, donate what they can, too. But there's still... You know, and you think it's a combination then of inflation and supply chain issues and just kind of the new world that we live in? I do. I mean, inflation is at a 40-year high. Households are spending $311 more a month than they were last year on the same goods and service. So, I mean, that is a huge um, increase, and, and it's impacting us all, but especially those individuals who are food insecure. And um, overall, cost costs are up. They're up 12%. And things like bread and cereal up 17%. And, um, you know, we're looking at over half the households visiting a pantry or household, or excuse me, visiting a pantry or getting a hot meal from a a site that does that. And, And what's interesting is most of those people are employed. So it's not an issue of unemployment so much as it is how much we're just paying when Mm -hmm. we get to the register. And that can, have you found that that kind of leads to making those tough choices where you're like, okay, do I pay this bill or, you know, because maybe the power went up or, you know, do I feed everyone in the family? Do I skip a meal? I mean, those are some hard choices that people are having to make if they don't have the help of an organization like the Anne Arundel County Food Bank. 
Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And um, we uh, follow the um, Community Foundation's Needs Assessment Report. This is a Community Foundation in Arundel County. They put out a needs assessment report every three years, and they do um, some some surveying, some qualitative surveying. And um, one of the questions asked was, you know, what what are the primary contributing factors to you being in food insecure? And the the number one reason was because I'm take you know I'm needing to take the money that I wouldn't want to use to buy food and I'm using that to pay my rent. Mm -hmm. So people have, and that is, that's another area where we've seen an all time high is the cost of living um, just in terms of housing alone has gone up so significantly. So food banks and food pantries are, are critical right now as people are shifting their resources to make sure they can keep a roof over their head. Um, and so we're glad that we can be there to support our neighbors experiencing food insecurity. Absolutely. And, um, and I know we're in school time right now, but in the summertime, does the Anne Arundel County Food Bank do anything for kids who are relying on meals at school and then you're not in school? Um, and there are other organizations who have kind of stepped up to to make that their mission, whether it's like weekend backpacks or, um, you know, the the Baltimore Hunger Project or those kinds of organizations, too, that kind of focus on the kids and not having those lunches and that sort of thing. Is that something that you guys uh, focus on as well outside of the school year? So outside of the school year, we are just working to make sure that our pantry partners, the network of 80 partners, has sufficient food items on site to meet the need. And, and it definitely does not uh, go down significantly over the summer. In fact, you know, with the schools being out, as, as, as we're mentioning, where there is not that the free and reduced meals, which are served, and some of those backpack buddy sites that we do support during the school year. So it is really critical. We don't necessarily have a special program, but you know, just making sure that there's sufficient produce, fresh, you know, fresh fruits and veggies, lean proteins, and um, all of the other items that really help our neighbors who are experiencing food insecurity, just making sure that all of the sites have access to those items throughout the entire year. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned our neighbors. So who, who are we finding is food insecure? Could it be your neighbor? Is it anyone? Is it uh, someone who's not telling you about it? Is it is that, you know, face of food insecurity changing at all? Well, definitely during the pandemic, so many more people were coming to food banks. In fact, um, those that we were surveying, uh, close to half of the individuals showing up at one of the pantry sites had never once before been to one. And we did see a spike just in the total number of people who were um, visiting those those pantries. So it, it could be someone next door, depending on what community you're living in. Of course, there are certain pockets in Anne Arundel County and throughout the state where there is a higher level of food insecurity, of, of poverty. So there are certain census tracts over 17 in our county that are defined as a food desert, which we can talk a little bit more about. But overall in Anne Arundel County, about 8.3 percent or 47,900 residents are food insecure. And at, at the state level, that's over half, uh, half a million people. That's one in 11 individuals in this state are food insecure. And um, that that is above the number of people living below the federal poverty line. And so that just goes to say that while there may only be here in Anne Arundel County, 5% of our population living below the federal poverty line, there's another 3% of people who are considered food insecure and don't necessarily know where their next meal 
is coming from. Wow, that is a staggering number of people. Um, and what, you mentioned food deserts quickly. That is something that we hear a lot um, for somebody who doesn't know what that means. What is a food desert? So a food desert is an urban neighborhood or a rural town that does not have ready access to fresh, healthy, and affordable food. And I mentioned that there are 17 census tracts in Anne Arundel County. Approximately 69,000 residents live in those 17 census tracts combined. And um, many of those areas in our county uh, include pockets of Glen Burnie, Brooklyn Park, Lithicum Heights, the Eastport area, Fort Meade, Jessup, and Severn. And so how do, you, how do you help with that? How do you try to get those, you know, grocery stores there or those, you know, organic markets or whatever it is that you don't have that you need? Is it right now just getting people those items that they need or is the hope that maybe somebody will invest in the area and try to open up more of those locations where people can get the healthy food they need? Great question. So working with partners, uh, whether it be the county agencies like the, the Anne Arundel County Health Department, um, local partners who are nonprofits themselves, or maybe it's a local church that are in these communities. So once we know, you know, this, this at a specific area is defined as a food desert, it's working to determine who's already in that community, who is doing work to address food insecurity and trying to partner with them or else if we identify that there is not a partner and there might not be the capacity, is there an opportunity for us or another group to go into that community and offer services? One example I can give, um, in the, uh, the Severn area, there is a uh, local elementary school, Van Bachlin Elementary, and um, we piloted a farmer's market, a client choice farmer's market. Um, we are now just uh, going into the second year of that program. It'll continue in the, the spring and summer months. It's, it's obviously paused during the winter. But the, the point of this program being providing individuals with the opportunity to self-select healthy, nourishing items. It's, it's the, the produce, the fr fresh fruits and veggies. And it's within walking distance of two uh, public housing complexes, which is really important to be ac accessible because we know that transportation is a challenge, not just in Anne Arundel County, but many jurisdictions throughout our state and, and our country. So making sure that people can get to the site and to access those items. But that's been really successful over, you know, 100,000 pounds of, of produce across the last, you know, year and a half, giving those items out to, to individuals. So um, just having, having a presence in, in a community where there might not already be a, be a presence is really critical. Well, that's a really good idea. That's incredible. Um, and then, so we're talking about the access, like that, it's walkable, you know, to the public housing you're mentioning in, in the Severn area in this case. But also you also brought up a good point that it's it's not only urban environments, it's rural environments. So that's even harder, do you find, to get that access to quality food if you're in a more rural environment? Is that a little bit um, of a greater challenge to try to fill that need? I do believe so. And, and we're really excited that we will be launching a mobile pantry program. Um, again, this will be focused on client choice. We did receive a capacity building grant uh, from the federal government. So it, it is a requirement that you know certain items be uh, on, on that mobile unit, but we're really excited because it will allow us to go into communities 
that include some of those more rural areas, especially for us in Anne Arundel County, the, the southern part of the county um, is where we have those those rural area challenges and there are some food deserts in, in those areas. So we are planning to have a presence on a regular basis in all parts of the county, including the southern part of the county, um, so that we can reach individuals who um, are not able to get to a grocery store for transportation purposes or don't have one close by. Another great idea from the Anne Arundel County Food Bank. We're talking to Leah Paley, the CEO. Um, and where do you and how do you get the food that you distribute? You mentioned there's you know anything from a food drive to your partners. Um, is there, if there's someone listening that wants to help out and donate food, how do, how do they go about doing that too? Yes, great question. Um, so I do want to say first and share this. This is something we're very proud of and has been the way that we've always operated since since we came about in the 1980s. We do not charge any fees to our agency partners for membership, to purchase food, to receive delivery. So we want to make sure that there are absolutely no barriers to our member agencies obtaining the food that they need to get it out the door to our, our neighbors experiencing food insecurity. But we do receive the food items through a variety of different um, streams. So we acquire the bulk of our food over the last few years just by way of purchasing. And, and that has been as a result of, of federal funding primarily that we've received through COVID relief, but also private and community food drives. Last year, over 405,000 pounds of food came from private and community food drives. So it really does play a huge role. And so does that retail rescue program I mentioned earlier over 550,000 pounds of food last year came through that retail establishment, that retail rescue establishment program. And then we also receive uh, food from the Emergency Food Assistance Program, and that's through USDA, the United States Department of Agriculture. So we work directly with um, our partners at the Maryland Food Bank in order to administer that program here in Anne Arundel County. Uh, so lots of different ways we're getting food and then turning it, turning it back around and getting it out the door. Last year, over 4 million pounds of food was distributed to our neighbors experiencing food insecurity. Wow. And again, another partnership working in conjunction with the Maryland Food Bank, who has, you know, tremendous uh, buying power. And, and, you know, we all we all work with them in one way or another, it seems like. Um, and all of the, that you're doing, though, aside from the grants and the government funding and other special programs like that, it all costs operating money, I'm sure, I presume. Um, that nothing is free. Manpower costs money, right? And, and woman power. And uh, so how are, <laughs> are you funded? And is that something that the public can help you with, especially as the yeah. ho- holidays are coming? Yeah, so that's the, that's the, the number one question. The big question uh, prior to the pandemic, our organization was quite small um, in terms of our operating budget and relied heavily on those food drives and in-kind donations we talked about. And, and I mentioned that there was a large influx of federal funding that came through uh, the state and the county that eventually passed on to us. And now the challenge is the need isn't going away, but, but the federal funding is about to end. And um, we're uh, pretty much been, been all but guaranteed that there will not be federal dollars after the fiscal year ends in June. So we are, of course, doing our part to identify funding, um, but it, it's going to take a collective effort to meet, meet the continued demand. 
and um, you know another challenge for for partners across the state and the, the nation is is that that piece around federal funding because it's not just us that that are going to see that money go away and you know we talked about the partnership with Maryland Food Bank they had uh, quite a bit of federal funding that came to them and they have been able to support us and other nonprofits with with food and that for us last year that's translated to over. 522,000 pounds of food that has saved us an estimated $617,000. And um, we and other partners will no longer have access to um, that food at no cost. They will be returning to their pre-pandemic model of charging partners for food um, that they request. So we are working on different strategies in order to close the gap. We're looking at over a million dollar revenue shortfall. It's, it's definitely a serious challenge. No easy answers, but um, you know, between our internal strategies and then just working with our local government, state government partners, in order to make it clear that you know it, it, their, their support really is critical to helping us close that gap so yeah. that we can give access to the nourishing food. Yeah, absolutely. You always have to be looking forward. That's kind of a, uh, a sort of a scary thought, you know, to think about you've got to, you've got to fill that gap. You got to, and that was quite a lot of money you're talking about. So we, we want, you know, if there's any way that anyone locally can, can try to help pick up the slack a little bit and, you know, every bit, little bit helps as they say, and the holidays are fast approaching the rest of them anyway. We already finished with the turkey leftovers, but Giving Tuesday is still coming up. And I know you guys are doing something special with the Anne Arundel County Food Bank. Yeah, we're really excited. So 1129, that's a Tuesday after Thanksgiving, so just a few days away. We have a 24-hour, it's, it's a nationwide campaign, a 24-hour and online giving campaign. And we are really thrilled. We've got two donors who've teamed up to support matching gifts, uh, I believe up to, we've got almost $30,000. Um, so very generous donors and people can go onto our website and make a gift and, and their gift will be matched dollar for dollar. So that's aafoodbank.org. Excellent. I'm glad you gave the website out, aafoodbank.org. And social media, also a great way to get the community revved up for fundraising and that sort of thing. I know you guys are on um, several platforms, right? Yes, we are. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're basically on everything. <laughs> yes. And again, people can go to aafoodbank.org and find those links and the website and information about all you're doing. And thank you so much, Leah Paley, CEO of Anne Arundel County Food Bank, for joining us today and for all that you're doing every day for uh, the hungry and food insecure in our communities. We really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much, Gina. It was it was my pleasure. I really appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. People can read more at todays1019.com. There'll be a link to this interview if they caught it in progress or something. And thank you all for listening. This has been a production of Odyssey Baltimore. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.